T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. KMOX Sports. The young swings and lifts a high fly ball. Billikens win! Billikens win! This is Sports Open Line. It's a grand slam! Touchdown, Kansas City! On America's Sports Voice. Yes! KMOX. Continuing on here on a Tuesday night, it is our winter warm-up reaction. And I'll tell you what, the biggest reaction we've gotten has been to Jack Flaherty because there is a vocal group of people. I believe it is a vocal minority, but there is a vocal group of people who do not like Jack Flaherty. By the way, if you want to chime in, you can do so. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can also tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Uh, there's people who I got. So our texting system, I'll just uh, open up the uh, curtain a little bit. If you send me a really long text, it makes my life incredibly challenging because our texting system sends all the text in, but it doesn't send them in order. So somebody sent a text that got because it's only like the 140 characters or whatever, like text used to be in like 2001. And somebody sent in a text that was one, two, three, like six different things. And I just learned that this screen here is a touch screen. I never knew that. Um, it sent them in different orders. So if you send really long text messages, it's really challenging to read. But I was able to put the puzzle together. Look at and you. Just, well done. Put it together. It wasn't easy. Uh, I cannot do it on the fly, though, so I can't read the entire text. But basically, the point being... Uh, He doesn't do things the Cardinals' way. It's all about money, and the Cardinals are never going to be the team that offers him the most amount of money, so he's not going to be a Cardinal long-term. So I have a question for you, Matt. When he talks about doing things the Cardinal way, do you think that situation like this weekend where he does get emotional talking about just what a guy like Adam Wainwright has meant to him, and Wainwright, obviously, I mean, the pinnacle of the Cardinal way for this team right now, does does Hearing that, does that make you change maybe some of those, like, or do you, does your thoughts change then, I guess, if you are to think that he's a more of an individual guy, doesn't do things the way the Cardinals think? I've never thought that way of him, so it doesn't no, I'm change. Just but in it, general. It in should. General. It should. Yeah. When the dude's crying because of how much he loves Adam Wainwright, yeah, when he's crying about uh, not having Yadier Molina around anymore, like, yeah, now... There are people out there who's going to begrudge players when they leave for more money. And that's another thing that I have just never, ever, ever, ever understood. It's a lot of stuff with money in sports I don't understand. 
so often when you have a situation of player versus owner, there's a lot of fans out there that side with owners. And I've never understood that because while everybody makes a lot of money in that uh, equation, owners are billionaires with a B and players are millionaires with an M. Lots of money all the way around. But if you are going to try to most associate yourself with one of the two sides, it's the player that's closer to you than the owner. The owners have billions of dollars. The players make million. But honestly, a lot lot of Major League Baseball players make less than a million dollars a year. That's the other thing. Like You got to... They make good money. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to tell you that $700,000 a year is not good money. That's a lot more money than the vast majority of us make. I would love to make $700,000 a year. Uh, so I'm not gonna, I'm not sitting here telling you that that's not a lot of money, but it's also not the amount of money. Let's say you have a two-year major league career. You make $700,000 a year, so you clear half of that after taxes, and a lot of that money is also being spent to other people who are part of what you've got going on. You have done really well for those two years. But it's also not like you can never work again. It's not like you're just set for life, that you can go buy your mansion and you're fine. Like you still, you got to find a second career. You got you to gotta do those things. That's, that's the point that I'm trying to make. It's not that the, these guys make fantastic money, but for many baseball players, it's not this life-changing, never-have-to-work-again type money if that makes any sense whatsoever. And I know there's still people out there going, what is this guy talking about? $700,000? You make that in one year, you're set for the rest of your life. Eh, not so much. Um, but if he if he leaves the card, first off, if the Cardinals want to match, let's say he, gets, he has a great year. Let's, let's go to a, a hypothetical situation. Flaherty has a fantastic year, gets to the end of the season, becomes a free agent, and starts getting some offers. At that point... If the Cardinals want to be the team that pay him the most or if they want to match the offers that are out there, they will have the ability to do that. Will they do that? I think the Texter's probably right in all likelihood, no. But they they would have the ability to do that. Major League Baseball just brought in $10.8 billion last year in revenue across Major League Baseball. It is the most amount of money they have ever, ever brought in. It's more than anything pre-pandemic. They're almost at $11 billion in revenue. And a number of those revenue streams are just going to continue to go up and up and up. Some of them aren't. We talked earlier about the regional sports network stuff, the, the local TV money. Uh, that could fluctuate a little bit. I'm I'm not as bullish with the gambling money. Like that industry, I feel like it's there, there's so many players and so much money being thrown right now. In the sports gambling industry, I feel like at some point that's going to uh, that's going to bottom out a little bit. But for the most part, the revenues are continuing to go very much in an upward direction. So if the Cardinals want to match whatever that um, that he gets offered, they probably could. Got a text message right now. If Jack had a fantastic year, would you sign him to an eight-year free agent deal? I would not. Uh, I would not sign him to an eight-year deal. His injury history is too deep to give him an eight-year deal. I'd go uh, three or four years for sure. Uh, I would not give him an eight-year deal. And that's uh, that's another thing. We're going to talk about this later on, but we still this hour, Joe Potska join us in our next segment, and then uh, we've got a Tom Ackerman uh, conversation with Drew Verhagen coming up later on this hour. So maybe this is something we'll get into a little bit more later on this week. 
Um, it was talked about this weekend, the model, the Cardinals model of doing things. And that model is being tested right now. And it's being tested by market forces because the market went crazy this offseason. Guys are making more money than we expected them to make, and guys are getting longer-term contracts. So, again, let's go to another hypothetical situation. Let's say the Cardinals have kind of the same. Let's say the Cardinals have a nice regular season. They add to their roster during the season. They, they do what kind of I expect them to do. They look at any deficiencies that might pop up, and they add in season, but they still don't do much in the postseason. Maybe they don't get out of the first round. Maybe it's the second round, whatever it might be. They don't have a very good postseason run. Do they take a step back at that point and then say, okay, the game has changed? The Phillies and the Mets – and kind of the Braves and the Padres and the Dodgers and kind of the Giants have changed the game in the National League. That if we want to compete, if we want to continue to have high-level players under control for a while, we're going to have to get involved in this spending frenzy. Maybe that happens. Maybe that happens. I think it would take – but I don't think it has to. Like, that's the other side of it. Everything's sort of cyclical. At some point around – at some point in time, it only takes one of these like 12-year deals to go really bad for every other baseball GM or president of baseball ops to go, yeah, let's uh, let's go a little higher annual average value for a four-year deal here. Let's not, uh, let's not lock ourselves into a 12-year contract. And Matt, could you argue that maybe part of that has to do with how far you think the Cardinals are away from being a, I mean, we could argue they're a contender, I guess. I mean, a division... Um, contender a winner so how far are the cardinals i think is also a question you have to be asking yourselves are they a are they an ace away are they still a power hitting outfielder away i think that's another question you have to ask yourself when considering how much do they have to change their way of doing things when it comes to spending money would you agree i don't know uh because i think i think the playoffs are a complete crapshoot at the end of the day, that's what I think the playoffs are a crapshoot. I know that kind of goes against everything that I was just saying, but I, the roster as constructed now, it could win a World Series, and they're going to win the division. Uh, I, I think they give themselves a better chance in the postseason with another top-level starter. That would be if you could just drop one player onto this roster, it would be a true like top-level ace-type pitcher, and that – you, you put that in this group, I've got a ton of confidence about Lars Newtbar. I've got a ton of confidence about Tyler O'Neill. I'm not quite as all in on Dylan Carlson. Uh, I, I'm still waiting to see something from him. Uh, but you could also, you've got a Brendan Donovan who can play in the outfield. You've got, you've got a Juan Yepes. You've got an Alec Burleson. There's a bunch of guys around there that you can, you can add. They've got enough pieces from a position standpoint that I think they're going to be a really good offensive club. I guess to answer your question, I feel I think they're a top. When the Phillies roll out Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler, I want the Cardinals to roll out a healthy, top-notch Jack Flaherty and bluntly somebody who's not on the sure, roster right. Sure, that's what I would say. 
314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can tweet at me as well. Joe Pot joins us next at Sports Open Line on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Open Line does continue here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley. Having a fun conversation today. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. I just saw this. Uh, MLB Network right now is counting down their top left fielders in Major League Baseball. Uh, and they got to number seven. And that's where Tyler O'Neill comes in. So they have Tyler O'Neill as the number seven left fielder in Major League Baseball. And that's him coming off a year where obviously he was injured most of the season and his numbers did not follow up. I'm a, and I know we had the caller earlier who was very dismissive of Tyler O'Neill. Yeah, he's a weightlifter, Matt. Come yeah, on. he's Easy. a weightlifter. I thought it was incredibly interesting that when I did talk to Tyler about what he did this offseason with his body, he talked about some changes that he made and the things he did to better set up his body for um, for success and for health, I guess is the way I would put that. And whether it was doing some more flexibility things and, and things like that, uh, it just really it felt uh, it, it felt like that was the focus this offseason. And that's good for him. Like I. I don't begrudge a dude who hits the weight room and really cares about his body. And I I know that he comes from a weightlifting family. Like, that's part of his background. But that doesn't take in away, anything away from who he is uh, as a baseball player. Interesting text message. Says, uh, my question is, do the Cardinals focus first on their 3 million-plus guaranteed seats that they need to make every year before they think about serious playoff contention? Or are they seriously looking to put a really winning team on the field? I don't completely know what you mean by that, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, they they try to win. They try to th- those things go together. But it's not like they're sitting there going, All right, what what decisions do we need to make to get three million fans? Well, we could 
we could sign a starting pitcher or we could add an extra bobblehead night. Like that those that's not a thing that's happening. And I don't know if that's the point that you're trying to make or not. Uh, if that's the point you're trying to make, no. Like and I I understand that the the expectation and the standard in St. Louis is competing for World Series. It's not just getting into the playoffs. It's not just winning the division. I understand that. I am not dismissing it. It is an important part of St. Louis baseball. But it's not like this team doesn't play at a high level. It's not like this team doesn't generally get to the playoffs. It's not like this team doesn't win the division. And we can all agree together that the postseason success in recent years, not great. And that's got to get better. But they are still a team that just about every single year is contending at at a very, very, very high level. So that's where I didn't totally understand that question. We are still efforting Joe Pot. We'll try to get him in our next segment. What I'll do right now is, uh, if you were listening over the weekend, man, we had a great winter warm-up. Uh, Cardinals were so good to us in terms of getting us guests and uh, just about everybody came through over the course of uh, of the three days. Sometimes when we weren't even live on the air, and we recorded some conversations. Tom Ackerman did that with uh, Drew Verhagen. This never got on the air over the weekend. We ran out of time, so uh, let's get to it right now. This is our own Tom Ackerman talking uh, with Drew Verhagen of the Cardinals. I'm Tom Ackerman, joined by Cardinals pitcher Drew Verhagen. As this is crazy. I mean, it's it's cool to have it over here. We've had it at a hotel for years now. Ballpark Village and Bush Stadium. What do you think? I love it, man. It's it's lively here, and honestly, I'm shocked with the amount of people just showing up, full Cardinals gear, head to toe, and it's electric. It's fun. You can tell this this is a baseball town, so you can feel it. Yeah, it is. Last year, you came into the organization straight to Jupiter, so and we also haven't had this kind of a convention since then. What has the last year been like for you? Last year has been, I mean. Honestly, from showing up to Jupiter, it was it was pretty awesome to throw on that. I mean, it was amazing to put on that Cardinal uniform. But from the second outing of spring, I just wasn't right. I wasn't healthy. So I was pushing through, trying my best to get through the season and give what I could. But at the, at the end of the day, I was pitching hurt. And so I ended up getting that fixed. And I've been spending the offseason just strengthening, getting myself ready, and I feel like I'm in a really good spot to have success this year. I like to hear it. Uh, and it's also important because this team needs as much depth. Well, you can never have enough pitching depth, there's no doubt. We know who they're penciling in as the starting rotation, but we also know who's going to want a shot at that rotation. And one of those people is Drew Verhagen. Yeah, yeah, I would like a shot. I'm, I know how, how things go. On a, on a baseball team, there's a lot of different variables, different, sometimes you have to use multiple different starters and more than you expect. And I know they want that depth and I'm coming in to compete for a spot and I'm excited for it because I spent two years in Japan throwing on that rotation, in that routine and I loved it. I thrived in that. So I think I have the pitch repertoire I need to do that and I would like a shot for it, so I'm excited. John Mozeliak told me those very words, and and certainly they've been watching you for a while. What was Japan like pitching over there? It was amazing. I I had uh, 
a very unique experience because COVID, it was right in the thick of COVID. So I was alone over there. I didn't have a single visitor for two years. So I was in a very different situation, but it kind of allowed me to find myself as a pitcher and even a little bit as a person where, you know, I didn't really have a pitching coach working with me because he didn't speak my language. So I was my own pitching coach and I was able to learn a lot about myself and face these different type of hitters because it's a different type of game over there. And I came out of it a much better pitcher, I think. Wow, that is wild. I mean, it really is. I mean, we all know that going to a foreign country is an experience and a change culturally, but that's a different level. Yeah, it was. It was. That's something I think I'll look back for the rest of my life as like a very, you know, almost like a, I don't know about a turning point, but just a very significant part of my life where I had to become comfortable being alone. And it was a wild experience, but like I said, I think I'm better because of it. And it just makes me appreciate, you know, being here and being able to interact with these fans and my teammates and my family being able to come into town, all of that to me is like a bonus as opposed to just expected, you know? Yeah, I mean, did that experience in a way build you for this moment, this last year, getting yourself back to who you want to be? Yeah, I think it did. And I think I've had these really huge expectations for myself last year, which was part of the disappointment coming back and, and I feel my hips second outing of spring and then it just wasn't how I visualized it. So I think now that I'm healthy, now that I'm here, I'm just going to settle into who I am and I don't have to have that distraction of a physical injury in the back of my head. So I'm excited for what this year holds. When I first saw you throw down in Jupiter, I said, guy looks like the prototypical Cardinals pitcher through the years. Big, tall, throws strikes. But I'll let you say it. Drew Verhagen, when you're at your best, what are you? I am, I think I'm a power pitcher who attacks the hitters early in the count. I like to... I've always been a sinker guy. I'm working more on the force team now to get more swings and misses and set up the breaking balls, but I attack the hitters. It's really hard for hitters to hit the ball. So I try to take advantage of that by forcing forcing contact, forcing them to swing the bat early. And hopefully it allows me to keep the pitch count down and pitch deep into games. What do you know about Wilson Contreras? And also Andrew Kisner. Kiz will back him up. Obviously, I know a lot about Kiz. He's a, <laughs> it's hard not to when you spend some time with Kiz. But I just met Wilson uh, five minutes ago. And obviously, he seems like, seems like an awesome dude. But I've watched him. I faced him last year. And I've watched him for years. And he just seems like a competitor. He's, he's a, uh, a guy that when he steps into the box, you know he's in the box. He's, he's kind of got that that swagger to him, that intimidation factor of like, this guy can take you deep if you make a mistake. So to have him on our side is huge. And I think I'm really excited about our team this year. We look good. It's a team that has a lot of promise. There's no question. And part of the reason is they have some depth and Drew Verhagen is moving up very quickly. And we appreciate you being with us on KMOX. All the best. I look forward to seeing you in Jupiter healthy. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Cardinals pitcher Drew Verhagen. I'm Tom Ackerman.
Yep, that's Tom's conversation from over the weekend, obviously, with uh, Drew Verhagen. Great stuff right there. And uh, if you missed anything, anything from the weekend, we talked with just about everybody between myself, Tom, Joe Pott, Chris Ranji. We are all out there doing shows. If you missed anything, KMOX.com, the Odyssey app, get to the Cardinals Conversations podcast feed, and you'll be able to find it all there. Speaking of Joe Pott, we are... We have confirmed that he is available in the next segment, and he has his cell phone ringer turned on. Joe Pott joins us next here on KMOX. A little bit more than 20 minutes left in the program at Sports Open Line on a Tuesday night. My name is Matt Pauley. Let's bring in Joe Pott. You hear him uh, doing Cardinals pre and post. You hear him doing uh, Sports Open Line when I'm not around. You hear him Friday mornings and doing Total Information AM Sports. You hear him doing SIUE basketball. He's everywhere. Hi, Joe. Hey, what's happening? Uh, not much, and uh, we got a lot to get to. You were at Winter Warm-Up a lot on uh, Saturday. No, Sunday and Monday, I believe, were, uh, were your two days. This has been the question of the day, so I'll ask you this. What is the one thing that was maybe said or the one thing that happened that stands out to you from this year's Winter Warm-Up? Uh, man, one of the things that I really that, – that was – said to me i was talking with mason Wynn, of course uh one of the cardinals big prospects and he said that at no point during his development did anybody with the cardinal staff try to make him a different ball player all they were interested in doing is making him a better version of the ball player he was and i i thought that was really cool uh and i actually uh i had a chance yesterday on the stage to talk to uh michael gersh uh, and also Randy Flores and just brought that up. And I said, I, you know, I feel like that's a big compliment to, you know, what they do scouting the the kind of players that they think are going to be successful and bringing them in and developing them. And uh, I think that's a huge compliment. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, I, throughout the show, we've had a lot of talk about Jack Flaherty and there's been some people have texted in who feel like he's not going to be a long-term Cardinal because he doesn't do things the Cardinals way. And then to, to bring it back around to what you say, I think in many ways the Cardinals' way is helping players become their best self. I definitely think it is, and and um, you know that that comment from Mason Wynn just sort of solidified that feeling uh, as well. Joe Pot continuing to uh, join us. Did you like the new venue? I thought it was great. Um, you know, I, I know that I, I guess that I I heard a couple of times just uh, folks coming up and either talking to me or to Tom Ackerman, that it wasn't as easy to go kind of check out a player if you didn't have their autograph ticket. But I will tell you that people realized real quickly they could come into Cardinals Nation and catch a glimpse of them as they came over to talk to us. So they were uh, resourceful, the fans were, to find out ways to to do that. Um, but I thought it was pretty cool that, you know, now you get to go in the museum, now you get to go in the clubhouse, take a tour, sit in the dugout. So there was some other stuff going on, and I, I thought that was really neat. Yeah, to that end, I, I talked to guys, and then I was on a caravan over the weekend as well with some guys, and they were so you're really interacting with a lot of fans in that type of setting. It feels like the players I talk to – feel that it's important for them to be able to reach out and have some interaction with the fans. And that's something that really can't exist a lot during the regular season. So maybe even more so now post COVID than before COVID, it feels like players really appreciate fans more than ever. Yeah, I think you're right. And I I think it is kind of a renewed appreciation after playing that 
2020 season with no fans. 21 started with, you know, what, a third of the capacity or whatever it was. And, uh, and I, gosh, I can't remember who it was. One of the players actually said to me, you know, they come to see us all summer. It's pretty cool that we can go out and see them, you know, on the caravan. They had been on the caravan already when I spoke to them on, on Sunday, and I thought that was really neat. And, and you got to experience that and, and see, you know, we talk about Cardinal Nation, uh, and Cardinal Nation exists far beyond the city and the, and the county and, and the metro St. Louis area, right? It is in Joplin and it is in Springfield, Illinois and Marion, Illinois and, and Springfield, Missouri. I mean, it's, that is all Cardinal nation. And I also think that's pretty cool that they get to go out to where they are. So I went to Marion, Illinois, Evansville, Indiana, Paducah, Kentucky, and Cape Girardeau. And we had filled up rooms at every single stop. And we had over 200 kids getting autographs at every single stop and all the cities you mentioned. And then it goes beyond that. I mean, you can only go so far on these caravans because you're on a bus. But if they went into Oklahoma, if they went up to Iowa, like if you went into these places, it would be the exact same reaction. Yeah, you're exactly right. Randy Flores said he he was on a caravan. Uh, and a, he said probably a nine, 10 year old boy stood up and asked him specifically about the 2020 draft and what made him sure that Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn were going to be good fits and, and work in the system. And he's like, I was floored. Not only did he know, you know, the guys he knew when they were drafted and all this stuff. And I'm, and I said, I'm not surprised at all. That's, those are Cardinals fans. That's, that's how they operate. <laughs> James Nail talked about growing up near Cape Girardeau and as a kid going to the Cardinals caravan. And I think that was impactful for kids in Cape Girardeau because he's sitting there up on the stage and saying, I was in your spot 15 years ago. Tim Kent's got a chance to go back to Arkansas as well, where he is from and, and said the same thing that that was Cardinal country. So it was very cool for him to get a chance to go back into his home state. He went to Jonesboro uh, on the caravan and, and kind of visited as well. That's all cool. Yes. What did you think of John Mosellock's admission that they thought they were going to be able to do more this offseason? Yeah, you know, I mean, look, they're doing the, the – a lot of people know all of the same information now, right? There's no, There aren't many secrets um, about what teams want, what they're trying to do. Um, and so when you go out there and you're looking for a certain player or type of player or like – as they started, obviously, everybody in baseball knows that Yadier Molina is retiring, and guess who needs a catcher, right? So um, I think a lot of those things are probably tougher to come by or maybe some of those deals tougher to make. Um, and and so and you, I appreciate, I think we as, as fans should appreciate kind of the transparency that, that John Mozeliak uh, shared of that process. He is so transparent, and he does not get the cr- – as someone who is – not worked in St. Louis my entire career. I can tell you that transparency is rare for an, an, a sports executive of any sport. And I appreciate it so much every time I listen to him talk. Even there's times I disagree with what he's saying. Like it's not, he's always right. I think he's right more often than not. But man, is he transparent. And I, I love every bit of that about him. You and I have talked about Oliver Marmel being the same way, right? And, and even down to some of the moves that he makes in the process of a game or, or perhaps it's a, a call to the bullpen, you know, who or when he makes that call to the bullpen. Uh, we may not like it. It may not work out, but he's got a reason for it. And he'll tell you what that reason is. And he'll give you an idea of, 
you know, what the thought process was behind it. And I don't think you could ask for much more. And the same thing from John Moselak. You do not have to agree with what he does or, or how things work out sometimes. But you can't argue with the reasons, uh, the motivations, and the fact that he's most often willing to share that with, with the media and with Cardinals fans. All right, so this is my belief, and I want to know if you agree or disagree with me. I think the Cardinals, because they're in the Central, are able to sit back and let some of these question marks start to answer themselves. There's a lot of them in the outfield, uh, maybe at second base a little bit, obviously with pitching and with Jack Flaherty. They aren't in the East or the West where you have to have your roster kind of complete early where you could, because if you tank early, you might be done. In the Central, you're fine. Uh, But there's still moves to be made, and I have an expectation that during the year they are going to add to their roster, but being able to use the answers to the questions that are out there, at least partial answers to do that. Agree or disagree with that general idea? Uh, No, I agree. Uh, You make perfect sense that that it is not, um, you know, there's nothing urgent, and and it is because they play in the Central Division. Um, I think Chicago is going to be improved. I think I think Milwaukee will will settle down, and you you know the Brewers much better. But obviously they were, uh, I think, really kind of shaken with the moves that were made at the trade deadline. And so I think they kind of, you know, regressed a little bit in the second half of the season. I don't think there's any question. So, but I do think that the Cardinals are in good position in that division to you know maybe have a chance to to wait and to answer some of those questions that that you're right definitely do exist. Joe, the, the Cubs are better than the Brewers right now. You think they are? Yeah. I they, yeah. they have had a sneaky good off season. Not sneaky good in terms of them being good enough to win the division or contend for the division, but sneaky good in going from being like pretty bad to right. at least average and not trying to take anything away from the Brewers going again Contreras, but that's the only thing they've done and the Cubs have made all these like Small, like the Bellinger move and the Swanson moves were big moves. Yeah, but they, yeah. They go out and they get Hosmer and they get Boxberger and uh, who was they? They signed somebody. Just, Mancini. Uh, yeah, Mancini. Like they're doing all these things and they've got enough guys. They're gonna. I'm telling you, the Cubs are better than the Brewers right now. All right, I buy it. All right, that's that's my uh, that's my strong take. <laughs> uh, Joe, real quick before we get you out of here, uh, give us an update on how SIUE basketball is doing. Uh, they're doing well. Uh, they've won four straight right now. They are 14 and five. Uh, lead the Ohio Valley Conference by a game at five and one. Have two home games this week: Moorhead State on Thursday night, and uh, then Tennessee. No, not Tennessee Tech. Uh, Southern Indiana on uh, on Saturday afternoon. Both at home. All right. Very good. It was good to see you as we walked by each other on uh, on yes, Saturday. That's right. Yeah, it was cold outside, but we stopped and, uh, and talked. And before we know it, uh, we're going to be doing Cardinal Baseball. So looking forward to that. Thanks, Joe. It is great. And uh, I'll do a better job of telling time from now on. Ah, it doesn't matter. Overrated. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. I appreciate the time. You bet. Joe Pot joining us here on Sports Open Line. I guess that's my – I'm not a hot take guy, but the Cubs have had a pretty solid offseason. I think it's a fair point. I mean, they – it is a little bit of a, it almost seems like a little bit of a hodgepodge. They had yeah. the, the Swanson signing, but besides that, it just seems it's like it's a lot of mid-tier um, signings, and it's almost enough to, okay, maybe they can compete, maybe be in the hunt for a wild card, but Jameson they're not a and He's not bad. No, he's, he's not. You're right. That's another one that we didn't think about. Dansby Swanson. I mean, I'm telling you, uh, um, 
Even somebody like they, they brought in Sergio Contra on a minor league contract. He's somebody who can do something. Uh, they've got guys. they got some guys. Interesting There's, to watch. Now, Makes the division a little bit more interesting, a little bit. They may not win more than 75 games, Maybe. but the Brewers may not win more than 70. Like, it's just... And I, I also don't think both Brad, uh, Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns are going to finish the season with the Brewers next year. I think one or both of those guys will be traded. Well, if they're uh, if you're projecting them to win seventy games, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, that, I, I don't, I don't think they have the money to sign either of those guys to long term deals. And all of a sudden, just like Josh Hader was more valuable to the Brewers away from the Brewers than with the Brewers. I think we're going to move towards that with Brandon Woodruff, and I think we're going to move that. This is how ridiculous it is. Not to, like, go all Brewers on you for a second. Let me hear it. Corbin Burns is a former Cy Young Award winner. He is a top-five pitcher in baseball. They go to arbitration and exchange numbers. He wants $10.8 million. The Brewers want to give him $10.1, and they, they don't settle. They don't. They're going to go to an arbitration hearing over seven hundred thousand dollars over the value of a minimum contract for a guy who won the Cy Young Award two years ago. Arguably, still the best. You yeah. could argue he's the best pitcher in the yeah. National League. Still, like that tells you everything you need to know. That tells you everything you need to know. Cardinals fans, be grateful <laughs> next time that you you're frustrated with lack of money spent. Seven. $100,000 apart and you won't give it to him and he won a Cy Young Award two years ago. It's Sports Open Line on KMOX. This edition of Sports Open Line here on KMOX. Two hours of Cardinals talk. It's been a, a whole lot of fun. 314-436-7900 if you want to uh, call, text. Appreciate everybody who have uh, done so. Even if you don't agree with me, that's all right. I like having conversations. I like disagreeing with people. It's a lost art. Disagreeing with people and still liking them all at the same time. Let's uh, bring Chuck onto the program who has given us a call. Hey, Chuck, you're on Sports Open Line. How you doing today? I'm good. How was your Christmas? It was wonderful. Good. I like to know now that uh, Pujols and Molina isn't on the team anymore. Who do you think is the team leader? And I also, I'm a big Jack fan and I'm rooting for Jack. I hope Jack's Jack and uh, if he's uh, the usual Flaherty, you think they could go all the way? Yeah, and Jack. I also want to say uh, uh, I lost my mom, my dad, my grandma and my brother. The only thing I have left in life is Cardinal Baseball and I can't wait for spring training. All right, Chuck, I appreciate it. I know a lot of people feel very emotionally towards the Cardinals, and we uh, they, they, they really fill a large role with so many people. So just going through kind of your questions, first off, uh, Adam Wainwright obviously still holds a big leadership position. Um, Arnado and Goldschmidt, those guys lead largely by example. I think Arnado probably talks a little bit more than Goldschmidt. Although Goldschmidt... You know, you see him in a, behind a bunch of microphones, and he doesn't look gregarious. I, I don't know him that well, but what I've been told is he's a really funny guy. And when the doors are closed, um, you know. And then the other thing is that I think is important because Yadier Molina, uh, when it came to kind of the Latin American contingent, had a really important role on the team. And it's going to be curious to see if Wilson Contreras kind of does. Uh, that same sort of thing. As far as Jack Flaherty goes and whether or not they can win it all if he returns to form, I, 
any team that gets in the playoffs can make a run, right? We learned that with the Philadelphia Phillies. They weren't a very good regular season team last year. They make it in the playoffs, and we know what happens. They get to the World Series. But the the big thing when it comes to uh, Jack Flaherty is if he is at his best, then the Cardinals are able to contend with other teams' best starting pitchers at the top end of the National League. Phillies, Mets, Braves, Padres, Phillies. Like those, to me, those are the upper echelon teams in the National League. I would bluntly say the Cardinals are a half step behind those teams. I think the Cardinals are a half step behind those teams, but multiple steps ahead of every other team in the National League. Maybe we could argue the Giants a little bit, but I wouldn't. We're not putting the Marlins in there. We're not putting the Rockies in there. We're not putting the Diamondbacks in there. Like, as good as some of the teams are in the National League, there are some bad teams. There are some bad teams in the National League. So I think it's a really, really small kind of middle-class group in the National League. It's almost like upper middle class, and there is no middle class. But that's what they're saying about the world, that the middle class is going away. Well, it's happening in baseball as well. There's the upper class, the upper middle class, no middle class, and then just bad, poverty, whatever. By the speaking of poverty, last thing before I get out of here, because this really got me. I meant to, when I heard it, I was like, I'm going to do an entire segment on this. Maybe I will later on in the week. The owner of the Cincinnati Reds, the same guy who last year said to Reds fans, well, you don't have anywhere else to go when asked if Reds fans should be happy with what they're doing. He said that baseball is an industry in crisis, a direct term, industry in crisis. Major League Baseball just brought in $10.8 billion, the most money they've ever made ever. And he referred to baseball as an industry in crisis. He also said that the Cincinnati Reds operate themselves like they were a nonprofit organization. I think the Cincinnati Reds are an industry in crisis. Oh, my gosh. Anytime you ever get angry about anything the Cardinals do from a, like a front office standpoint, just remember the owner of the Cincinnati Reds say they operate like a nonprofit and baseball is an industry in crisis. What a joke. That's going to do it for this edition of Sports Open Line. Thanks for being tuned in. We'll talk to you uh, in a couple days. we got SLU basketball tomorrow here on KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.